Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Or should I say, Charmin. Happy Charmin. I am interviewing Abizabba. <laughs> I'm interviewing Abby Jarman, ambassador for Same You, stroke survivor, and all around amazing human being. Boom, intro done. Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Lauren. And we are the, the Neuro Nerds. Yes, that was on time. I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good about that. Welcome to the Neuro Nerds. It's a, I see a pattern forming here. Say it every week. Mean it every week. Very special episode with me, not in studio, uh, live on Squadcast is my new dear friend, Abby Jarman. What's up, Abby? How we doing? Okay. Thank you for inviting me to this terrifying experience. <laughs> now, she says, she says terrifying because she has to talk to me. That in and of itself is frightening. I get that. Um, Abby, we have recently become friends. We haven't been friends very long, but I think we've kind of connected like on a different level, like really quickly. Would you agree? Yeah, I think I started doing the clubhouse rooms in April and you weren't there the first couple of weeks. But yeah, after our first call together, we connected pretty quickly. You, you know, reached out like you do. And I became comfortable with you remarkably quickly, which is like I, I don't become comfortable with people even after knowing them for years. So that was, that well, was I, noteworthy. I appreciate that. You know, I do. And I'm really glad that you said how we met. Cause I don't know if you know this or not, Abby, I have a brain injury. So I constantly forget. I think I've heard about that. <laughs> I constantly forget how I meet people and it yeah. sucks because I'm like, okay, this has become one of my dearest friends. And I don't remember how I met said person. And this just goes down the line. I don't remember how I meet people. Now I remember we did meet on Clubhouse. We we did. And I was like, oh, wow, this chick's pretty cool. And then uh, I, I I think I was like, yeah, let's let's chat. Let's connect. And then we talked and we just talked for like hours. And it's like, oh, yeah, Abby, you're dope. Like, let's chat more. And yeah. I, I realized you're super dope. And we become like super homies. And now we're chatting on my podcast, which warms my heart. That being said, Abby, how are you part of this brain injured community? Okay. so. My story is takes a different shape than a lot of people in, I'd say probably most people in this community, right. where actually before uh, recording this, I had to sit down with my mom and kind of try to make, like, put things in chronological order and make sense of it myself, because it is just kind of this blur and this mess in my mind. Um, I'll, I'll give you a little context for the story mm -hmm. I um so I was in I guess this started the summer before my senior year in uh Munich Germany and so I was halfway through a the IB program and anyone who knows the IB program knows it's um 
ridiculously intensive and difficult. Like IB students, they like to joke that in IB, you have to choose two parts of your life that you can actually fulfill out of social school and sleep. And yeah, like you can only have two of those. you, You can have two of them. So it wasn't, yeah, it was, it was a stressful time. And that summer, I'd say, is probably when I look back on it and start to see the beginnings of symptoms cropping up. But I wasn't too worried because I had a history, like I was never the healthiest kid. Mm -hmm. I had a history of some health issues. And so I figured it was just kind of more of the same. Like, you know, I had a growth disorder where I had to inject myself with hormones twice a day for two years. Oh, my goodness. How how old were you when that happened? That would have been freshman and sophomore year. So ages 14 to 16. My bone age at that time, like I hadn't grown at all since I was 10. My bone age Mm -hmm. said I was like 10. And it just turned out that I was deficient of a growth hormone called IGF-1. So That's a lot of letters and numbers that I normally wouldn't (laughs) use to describe a human being. That's that's wild. You were so young. Like literally, so to me, like you're just becoming a young adult at that age. Yeah. That alone is too much, (laughs) let alone injecting yourself with things that your body is missing. That's wild. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, there were just some other things like a bad mono infection and some sinus issues. So it's like, okay, probably just having chronic sinusitis again, whatever, because it was things like fatigue and brain fog and, you know, headaches, things like that. And as fall of my senior year went on, um, things kind of started to steadily get worse. Um, I developed a tremor in my right hand. It started to become difficult to, I was very fit person. I exercised like 45 minutes a day, like six days a week. And I started to become difficult to go up the stairs in school or um, go from classroom to classroom. And it's like I would stand up and it would become hard to breathe and I would get dizzy and feel like I was going to faint. And I I think one of the things that was one of the first major warning signs was if you know that wasn't that wasn't the, the, one. those those are a lot of signs. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm I'm thick. Uh takes you kind of have to bang me over the head to get my attention sometimes. But um my teachers, I'd been at that school since I was a sophomore and my history teacher at parent-teacher conference that fall, um, like brought my mom in and showed her this essay that I had done. And I was, I was very academically successful. It was, I'd say, one of the only things I was kind of confident about, about me. And so he knew, I'd had him since I was in 10th grade, he knew like what my work was like. Um, And she, he showed her this in-class essay and how my ideas were scattered, how my handwriting was illegible and all over the place. And um, he he just like looked at her and was like, is something wrong? And um, my mom was like, maybe, don't know. Thank thank goodness that you had a, an observant, caring teacher. That's a big deal. You know, to be honest, not a lot of them out there, at least not when I was going to school. Yeah, no, my teachers, at least like my higher level teachers were, were great through this. Um, and they, it was, I was a big help. So that, that December, I would say is when I really started to get, I really started to get concerned, but I was still kind of trying to rationalize it. I could only get out of bed like half the time. And I just was having to work harder and harder to do basic things. Um, And it's like we went to an ENT in London who said like, oh, maybe you should, with your previous problems, you should go see um, an endocrinologist or no, I see an immunologist. The immunologist told me to see an endocrinologist and it's just kind of being um, passed around. Um, That must have been really, really difficult, you know, because like 
I, I say for like a million different reasons. One of them is you are, again, you're at that age where you're becoming like a young adult. Mm-hmm. Everything is kind of wild in and of itself. And now you feel that something is wrong and nobody is telling you what's wrong. They're just saying, hey, hey, just go over there now. Yeah. The, uh, the immunologist was, um, all of these trips were memorable for different reasons. But the immunologist is, um, sticks out in my mind because um, I went to see him and he basically, it was the first time that someone told me that it was like, it was because of mental health issues. And so he kind of sent me on my way with a boatload of Valium. <laughs> um, <laughs> Come on. Yeah. So that, that was a fun time. And again, this is, is, all kind of swirls around in my head this period well, of time it's, it's it's a lot it's not like you went to one place in one country you literally you globe trotted around the world while being passed around from you know one doctor to the next doctor and then look th- what this reminds me of and i don't know if it's a sexist thing i don't know if it's an ageist thing but i remember there's several female brain injury survivors and they just kind of get brushed over with the things that are going on in their life. Mimi Hayes, my dear Mimi, she, oh, well, you're just feeling this way because you broke up with your boyfriend and you're having a panic attack. It's like, no, <laughs> it's not that. Yeah. It's, do you think any of that had something to do with some of their referrals? Like, oh, well, you're just you're just a kid. You're just a, a, a woman, <laughs> a young lady, and your hormones are going crazy. Do you think that had something to do with it? Oh, for sure. Listeners couldn't see this, but I was nodding emphatically as you were <laughs> as you were talking about what happened to Mimi because that's definitely a part of it. Um, is people like to think of doctors as kind of neutral, but <laughs> they have their biases, like the rest of us. Um, they take certain people more seriously than others yeah, um some sad. some of the groups they take less seriously are women are people of color are uh fat people are you know and- young people too <laughs> the fact that you were so young obviously you don't know what's going on with your own mind body and soul because you're so young <laughs> yeah. also you're a woman clearly you're hysterical yeah <laughs> is- there's a long there's a long history of that for sure um, right. And I was not, like, I didn't have the confidence to believe myself. Like, um, as like, okay, they are the doctors, they're the experts, they know. So it was, you know, I started to feel like I was crazy. And that made it more, that definitely made the whole situation more difficult. That's infuriating, Abby. It 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 is. It it's frustrating enough going through something that you can't explain. You're going to find answers. Mm-hmm. Like if you take a step back, you were young. You're still a teenager, mm-hmm. right? You're going to an adult, yeah. a professional adult, to say, "Hey, so I don't really know what's going on with me, but something is going on with me," and they just kind of passed you over and just brushed you off. I I I can't stand that. It, it's it happens so much more often. Then, then, and I, I don't want to say more often than not, but it's way, way too common for this to happen. You know, it's, it's disrespectful. It's unprofessional. Oh, I'm so sorry that you had to do, you had to deal with that. And the fact that they're just like, ah, oh, let's here, take some drugs. Yeah. Valium, by the way, those are drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I didn't end up taking it because I hated how it made me feel. Yeah. So by that spring is when things really like over a period of maybe like four months by the time I realized that the future that I had assumed I would have Mm -hmm. was slipping through my fingers it was already Mm -hmm. gone because like I only really kind of recognized that something really serious was going on in like around March um okay because you just you know you're young you you think you'll get over it you think doctors will tell you something and fix it you're Um, you're invincible you're a kid nothing bad's gonna happen yeah (laughs) 
And so I started going to school less and less. I I couldn't make it through the school day. And when I was at school, I would retreat to the nurses. And fortunately, one of my close friends, his mom, was a school nurse. And she was very kind. And she would let me hang out in there when I just couldn't couldn't handle what when I just can't handle school. Right. And we ended up scheduling a trip back to the US in April because we're like, we're not getting anywhere. And um my mom didn't feel satisfied with the answers that the doctors had given us. Because they um, gave you shit answers, Abby. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. So we go back to the US and Thankfully, I find there's an internist who takes me seriously and gives me a few diagnoses. Like first, she diagnosed me with chronic fatigue syndrome. She said I probably had dysautonomia and something called POTS. Oh, yeah. I'm familiar. Yeah. And so she was like, I can give you some medication for your blood pressure and for your tachycardia and other things like that, which, yeah, again, was helpful because the endocrinologist that I had seen in Germany for my blood pressure, she had recommended I um, alternate between jumping into a pool of hot water and a pool of cold water and scrubbing myself vigorously with a bristle brush. And I was like, yes, this is a sustainable solution. Oh, hold on. That just re- that hurt my head for a second. Abby, are you kidding? No. Thank you to our amazing community on Patreon for supporting this podcast. You can support us too and get different perks and gifts depending on which Neuro Jedi tier you sign up for. For example, if you're on our Neuro Padawan $5 tier, then you're probably listening to this episode a day early before it's public release. Your support helps us grow and continue to create this podcast. Plus, a portion of the proceeds go to a different cause or individual in the brain injury survivor community each month. Sign up at patreon.com slash the neuronerds. Did you go to a witch doctor? What kind of? She actually actually studied at um, Harvard Medical School. Did she, though? Did she really study? She did. I assume she wasn't lying. Um, The only thing, you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if she's like, you know what? I think we're just going to bring in the leeches. Because (laughs) that that seems like it's a good idea. Are you kidding me? That was her functional idea to help you with your blood pressure. You know, always have readily available a tub full of hot water and then another secondary tub full of cold water and bristled brushes to vigorously (laughs) scrub your body. That's so strange. That doesn't it sounds like it's made up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So um, it was in that trip in April. That was kind of come to Jesus time. Right. That that appointment actually with the internist took place on April 1st. I didn't know this, but my <laughs> my That's... my mom told me this. Um and I was like, yeah, it's appropriate. Um I um yeah, so I I had to make the decision not to take my IB exams. So I wasn't going to get the IB diploma. Um because I, I I just couldn't been hard and yeah uh thankfully my school allowed me to graduate with like a normal high school diploma um but you know a lot of hard work was kind of down the drain and it was hard because they do they will like give you predicted your predicted grades and give you the diploma if you have like a good excuse but i didn't have an excuse i could give them that they were satisfied with because your doctors were awful <laughs> yeah. at the time. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. That's awful. Yeah. Um, and so I got a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. I left the States in a wheelchair and yeah, it was, it was, you know, I was like, Oh, also I had to decide to defer university. Okay. I realized I couldn't go to college the next year. So then I go back and I'm just kind of waiting around while um, my peers do their exams. And mm-hmm. I invited two friends over to decorate my wheelchair. I named him Barnaby, trying to like make him more approachable, if not for myself, then for others. Right. And we posted pictures of us decorating him on Facebook so that when I showed up to graduation, there wouldn't be complete shock. So yeah, I. I guess, you know, I graduated. 
I showed up for the rehearsal and in a wheelchair and the thing the first thing I hear is someone not even like bothering to whisper turning to the person next to them and being like why the f is she in a wheelchair man what's wrong with her it's like I I can't stand (laughs) that person Yes, that person in particular, but I'm talking about like that type of person yeah. overall. Oh, the people are miserable human beings. I can't stand them. Which is like, you know, these days that wouldn't like bother me. But at that time, I was like still very sensitive. You you were so fresh. It, it had just happened. You yeah. know what I mean? You're still adapting and adjusting. Like you just said, you named your wheelchair, not just for you, but for other people, you know, but also for you you're yeah. you're like trying to be comfortable in this new i guess like figuring out your new normal right like is this 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 is like life now is this am i good with this you know like uh, people i just wish people were a little bit more kind yeah <laughs> they're teenagers um oh, oh yeah and i said this forever <laughs> kids are dicks sorry yeah. no they are <laughs> they are and it's like they it, at least in my quite like privileged international school (laughs) like my peers most of them hadn't gone through something like that yet they hadn't gone through something that's like an all-encompassing like hard thing that just kind of turns your life upside down so they it it was just like it's like we were speaking different languages it's like I was trying to explain like what color was to people who only saw black and white um yes wow abby that's a brilliant way to describe life after a brain injury yeah (laughs) trying to explain that to a normie yeah no it's almost impossible yeah like my um my mom and i have come to refer to it as like living behind the plexiglass because it, it for us it brings to mind like those um those tv prisons where there's like glass between like the the person who's incarcerated and the visitor and like um they have those little like phones um and it's just you're in a completely you're in a completely different world there's like the free to go side and then there's us who live here um (laughs) yeah it was it was it was a lot um (laughs) i i can only imagine because again as said kids are dicks uh, they they could be kind of the worst and you say they hadn't had you know an, an experience like that yet to be honest abby most people go through their lives without having anything remotely close to even a fraction of what you had gone through up until that point you know it's you're you're on a whole nother level like you're you're your own you're in your own category you really are you know it, and it helps you mature obviously when something like that happens it takes you you have a different appreciation and a different way that you go about life which mm-hmm. is you know which is why i think actually we got along really well because it's like oh yeah clearly you're you're wise and mature beyond your years because of these things that have happened to you but what what i do appreciate too is that you just didn't like cave you're here you're here with a smile on your face and you're doing amazing things i love that so what what exactly did they diagnose you with? That's its whole own um, story. It takes six and a half years to get that diagnosis. <laughs> no. So, Wait, why, why so long? Um, honestly, I think mm-hmm. we've asked ourselves that question. Right. And it's hard to know because, oh. like, I did have... I did have brain MRIs that like now when like I had a doctor recently look back at those brain MRIs and was like, oh, yeah, it's there. But they didn't catch it on them. Um, I guess I've learned since that it takes it will sometimes take five radiologists to catch everything in a scan. Uh, But, you know, that's not the system. Um, So it was it was missed. it turns out it was a herniation of uh, my cerebellum. Uh, it's a type of herniation called a Chiari malformation. And I acquired it at some point about the time I was 17. And it could have been for a number of reasons, but I don't know that we'll ever know for sure because it's like there's not a ton of research into Chiari and yeah. it's not something that like they're like okay we found the problem we fixed the problem it's how it got there is kind of immaterial to them right. obviously for me it's like 
making, huge deal. It's making, your body. <laughs> making sense of things that feels um, more important. But yeah, so so that is what had happened. And it's really weird looking back at all that I went through in that time, um, knowing now like that that was there. It's like, right. just because it's like, it was there, but because it wasn't seen, it was just like, I, I don't know. It was just, I was treated completely differently. You, you di- well, not just different, <laughs> Abby, you were treated incorrectly because yeah. they missed something that they should not have missed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's like in, it was kind of a, there were a lot of things going on that made the process pretty painful. Um, Mm -hmm. after Munich, we were moving back to Oregon Mm -hmm. where I was from. Um, but you know, it had been seven years since we lived there. So we didn't know, like people had moved on, um, understandably. And so we didn't really have a support system there. So we were kind of on our own, just me and my mom, mostly my dad was, uh, mostly at work he he's um kind of a workaholic and um i think my mom was is and is amazing uh and like she believed me when i didn't believe me sorry She's mom that's okay <laughs> it's okay look abby the, the, this is a lot and i'm it, it hurts my my soul that you had to go through this and i'm angry for you you know, now during this process, would you, would you like ca- characterize yourself as an angry person? Did you become bitter? Was it frustration? What was it? No, I would say I didn't start to feel any, I didn't really start to feel anger about this until the last year or so. Um, okay. Cause at the time it was just, I, I didn't necessarily see it that way. Hmm. I mean, I was that first year back in Oregon I would stand up in the bathroom and I would just like repeat to myself in my head like it's all in your head nothing's wrong it's all in your head nothing's wrong and um like the room would be spinning and I couldn't like breathe and I would feel like I was gonna collapse and I'd sit down before that happened but I was just like I should be able to think this away because the problem is my thinking so i don't know why this is happening when i'm like when i like know it's not real right because these doctors these adults these professionals are telling me it's not real and it's their job to find out what's wrong with me and they say nothing is wrong with me and it's in my head so clearly it's my fault fuck Yeah, and Damn. that was a like that caused me a lot of guilt because I was like, yeah. I brought my mom's life down with me. Um because you know, she was she was pretty much a full-time caregiver. Um that right. first year, especially. I like I hadn't found how to um manage things. And so I was pretty much housebound. Um right. I and it was it was pretty rough. <laughs> you know, I was watching the rest of my peers on like social media be in like uni and uh like going on with their lives and I was laying on the couch stuck upstairs because I couldn't go up and down stairs so I was trapped in a room on the couch watching you know the price is right with all the other old people in America and I was like I could relate to all of the uh targeted ads for (laughs) <laughs> the old people. Oh, I was like, wow. damn, that acorn stair lift is a fine piece of equipment. You know, I need <laughs> me one of them. <laughs> wow. That, you, you know, you, you mature and you might have matured way too much, <laughs> but yeah, you, you, you have to mature and, and grow so quickly, you know? Yeah. And the things that you see your peers doing. Yeah. That's just not in your wheelhouse at that moment. So what was in your wheelhouse? <laughs> Plinko on The Price is Right, which, by the way, it's like the dopest game ever. It is. It really is <laughs> mesmerizing. Um, and, like, really, my only connection to that 
life, that kind of life that everyone had moved on to was right. my person, Jess. Mm-hmm. Um, she, we started becoming friends when everything was going down. Um, right. And it's like, she didn't expect me to be the same person, but she treated me like the same person. Um, where other people, other peers kind of started treating me like I was a wild animal. <laughs> like, um, they just didn't know what, what to do with me. Um, right. and so she, she, yeah, she was a lifeline. Her and my mom were like my, my two main people and still are. Right. Hey, Jess and mom, I appreciate the heck out of <laughs> both of you guys. You guys are both queens and I appreciate you. You know, yeah. it, it, I think it's really hard, too, because a, a, as it's been hammered in, I'll hammer it in some more. Kids are dicks, right? So they don't necessarily think, oh, wow, this person has an ailment. This person has something going on with them. Let me be kind and also let me not treat them like a leper, right? <laughs> They're yeah. just a person. Treat them like a person. Respect them. Um, They have something going on. Just be kind. You know, and I'm I'm thankful that you actually found your person um, in Jess to treat you as, as who you are. You're just a, a regular person. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days like everyone else. You know, you may need a little bit of extra TLC and that's fine. You know, that's that's that's, that's it's not asking too much. I, I'm glad you found your person, though, like sincerely. That's it's it's very difficult. And it was going through recovery from anything can be a very lonely journey. And I'm happy that you've had your mom and Jess there. Yeah. No, for sure. I know people who have had circumstances that are in some ways similar to mine and um, that didn't have like a supportive family or a caregiver like I did. And I'm just grateful every day that my mom is who she is because that like I wouldn't be here if she wasn't if she wasn't who she is. Um, sadly, sadly, you know, it's, it's much more common than not for people just to be like, yeah, I, I gotta go. Not that your mom could, cause she's your mom, yeah. but she didn't have to be as kind, you know, yeah. as she's been through this. And as for your friend, Jess, look, it, it's not the easiest thing in the world to befriend somebody who's either chronically ill, who's recovering from any type of brain ailments. You know, it takes a special person to stick around and figure out hey oh okay this is what it you know this this is how you function Mm -hmm. right and it's not that it's it's abnormal it is normal it's just our normal you know just like everybody else's everybody else has their own thing we don't treat everybody exactly the same because some people are slightly different they were raised differently with you know culturally religiously whatever it is we all grow up differently that's what makes this world so beautiful you are just one of those people you have a few extra awesome things about you that we uh, have to figure out uh, and once you do look how amazing you are abby well, look at and i feel like it because of like when you meet people that have gone through difficult things like we have um they you can connect with them on a different level agreed than you can others um alert. it's like this uh my nerd is showing but um in doctor <laughs> who there is this creature called the ood um and they have they hold half of their brain in their hands and mm-hmm. so um they like are they like communicate with each other like telepathically and they're really gentle and connect with each other deeply but it's like they're also really vulnerable to people because you know they they have their brain in front of them um and um i i kind of feel like we're like that like people say we're broken but i kind of like to think we're more like opened like never broken that abby we are battered and bruised (laughs) but we are never broken yeah i kind of feel like we're like the ood we're like we're like open and i don't know there's just we have kind of our own little superpower of being able to connect to each other in the way that we do are you a stroke or brain injury survivor looking for community and support well the neuro nerds are here to help join our hashtag you so rock facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash you so rock to connect with other survivors like you plus read other inspirational brain injury survivor stories on joe's blog at joe slash you so rock and submit your stories there as well we want to hear them and remember you, you so, so rock, rock. 
Finding this community after not having a community for most of this time is, was just like everything. It's pretty amazing, yeah, isn't it? I mean, I can only imagine. I, you know what? I take that back immediately. I can't even imagine. My first year or so, almost year and a half of recovery, it was just me. Yeah. It was just me. And I, I, I don't, I, I say when I, I was isolated and I was lonely, I had people around. I had people around. Isolation and loneliness, that doesn't come from having nobody around. It comes from not being understood. Yeah. And that isolation is battery acid to the soul. <laughs> it, it's, it's toxic. It's not good. It's it drains your life force. It, it does. It's not living, Abby. And I think you, you understand this more than anybody because you did it at such a young age. It's not living. It's existing and barely at that. Like, what am I doing? I'm literally, I'm just here. I'm not enjoying things because I don't really understand and I can't really connect to other people because yeah. nobody understands what's going on. Well, and I don't understand what's going on. Like, <laughs> That's it, the worst. Because it's like, there wasn't an event it's like I'm, I'm still dealing with all this stuff now it's like right there wasn't like any drama or like a hospital stay or anything that really demarcated the before and the after right it's like i just kind of woke up one day i was where i was and it, it felt like i was drowning in plain sight and everyone like could see me but everyone was like oh no it was acting like everything was normal Right. And it's like I didn't have an explanation for myself. I couldn't give others an explanation. And I just I didn't feel like I had a right to be sick, to be going through what I was going through. Um and so like being sick is like sucks enough, but like not it does. Not feeling like you can like you have the right to be sick is right. its own thing. Well, yeah, that's um, what comes with misdiagnosis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, a lot of uh, unneeded guilt that you, you know, grew up because that's what you were doing, Abby. You were growing up. You were becoming an adult and you were dealt the worst hand possible. Now, alone, if you think about it, you know, dealing with the things that you were dealing with, if they found all that stuff right away and they're like, so this is what this is and this is what's going on and the if they knew from jump everything that was going on, that in and of itself would have been one of the most difficult things to live with, mm -hmm. to grow up with, to become from teenager to young adult. That would have been such a difficult hand that you were given. It didn't end up that way. It was significantly yeah. worse. It was significantly <laughs> worse. Yeah, it was a, it's like coming on here. I was like, what do I talk about? Because it's like, there were so many different stages and so many different elements to this. I'm like, it was six and a half years. And I don't know. I, I'm sure I'll get off this call and be like, I missed this and this and this. Like, I missed, there was so much more. <laughs> if you think that's bad, just wait till she remembers everything. <laughs> but but like, look, you've, you've done one thing that I, I, I find fascinating because the more I talk to you, the more I'm like, wow, this is really, this was such a, a difficult thing to go about. And the way everything was laid out to you was just, to be honest, it just wasn't fair. Okay. Every time I talk to you, you a big smile on your face, you're happy, you're smiling. Even when you're struggling physically, spiritually, energetically, you know, like you're like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it, like I'm a little bit run down, whatever it is, you're still upbeat and you're just such a kind person where you have kind of every right to kind of be a dick. You could be, hey, life dealt me this hand. I'm going to be mean because I'm going to act out because of all of these things that have happened to me. You haven't done that. And I just find that so beautiful about you i think that's why we, we become homies like you have all the rights to be a certain way but you're not you're the opposite you're one of the kindest sweetest people i've ever known i mean i have my moments and i've gone through it's like i definitely haven't gone through all this with grace it's like it's been it's been gritty and messy and but it's like i learned pretty early on that um a one of like my main coping mechanisms was like sense of humor because I, it's like when you experience these things, like you kind of get a peek behind like the curtain of like how absurd a lot of life really is. And a lot of situations that you are put in when this is your life are pretty absurd. And it's like, if you are, 
if you're going to, it's either like you have to be able to have a sense of humor about it in order to survive. It's that or drugs. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> well, well, you you did have a lot of volume. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could have just you know held on to that. Like, um, like, okay, one afternoon I can think of that kind of shows some of the absurdity of the life that I was living was um, mm-hmm. I. <sighs> I went, I went to when Jess would visit like once or twice a year. And that, that was like the only time of year I would really do things. Um, I would like save it all up for like those two or three weeks. So we went to Vegas. Um, oh, you party animal. Yeah. You know, I like to rage as we've established. <laughs> um, and uh, like in the course of maybe like two hours, I go from being stopped on the strip by an evangelical family who, um, who want to heal me which of course I let them do because I am too scared to tell them otherwise I'm like okay sure (laughs) you can heal me um and then like maybe like 30 minutes later I um this Chippendale stripper dressed as a cowboy um uh turns to me and, and like screams out I've got valet parking for you right over here, baby. While like, you know, emphatically with an (laughs) emphatic pelvic thrust. And I'm like, yeah, this is, this is, this is ridiculous. This is just like. (laughs) I got to tell you, you might have had a better chance of being healed by the Chippendale stripper. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Different kind of healing. Um, (laughs) Have you, have you ever seen the movie Joker? No, I haven't. Okay, but there's a, there's a line in Joker where he said, you know, I used to look at my life as a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Turns out, it's a comedy. Are you finding it hard to recover at home after stroke? Find out if Modus Nova can help you by taking their free online assessment at modusnova.com slash the neuronerds. If you haven't heard of Modus Nova, they make devices to help folks with a brain injury like stroke regain the use of their affected limbs. For example, the Modus Hand is an AI-powered robotic exoskeleton that helps users do exercises and play games, similar to the way an occupational or a physical therapist might manipulate the limb. It helps survivors get in the thousands of repetitions they need to form new neural pathways. It can assist with hand movements or resist them to provide a personalized exercise experience. If this sounds like something you want to try, visit modusnova.com slash theneuronerds to learn more. Use special code THENEUROnerds when you sign up and get a month free with the 30-day challenge. Just visit modusnova.com slash theneuronerds to get started. Now, if you look at the ridiculous nature of every step of your life, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of us can do the same. We can have a pity party. We can be angry. We can be upset and bitter. We don't want to be that. Like, if you really take a step back and look at it, it's pretty damn ridiculous, Abby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at the misdiagnosis. The fact that you know something is clearly wrong with you because it's your body. And for doctors to literally say, "Mm, it's in your head. Here are some drugs. That is ridiculous. It doesn't even seem like in real life. This seems like something in a movie. It would happen. And it's no impossible. But no, it's not in a movie. This is your life. I'm happy that you can use humor to kind of balance out your emotions because i do that all the time another reason why i think we get along yeah and then like the other side of like why i think i have the attitude that i do is like if i feel like i have to do something good with what has happened to me i have to like help people um because otherwise it's just been pain for the sake of pain and right the the purpose be be, the purpose for your pain is what you're looking for yeah and it's like I'm not someone who believes that everything happens for a reason, but because of what I've been through, I have a certain perspective and certain, I can just help people in a way that maybe other people can't. Like my goal in life is to become a therapist, a mental health therapist for people who have faced um, life-changing health concerns or injury or just because I'm like, I understand in a way that I don't think a lot of people would. So, and I want to use that. Well, a lot of people can't. You experienced it. You know, this is what's frustrating about dealing with doctors. You're the experts of what's happening to you. They're reading books. You know what I mean? So if you're saying, hey, I'm feeling this way. And they're like, well, 
no, no, no. I'm feeling this way. So take that and figure out why I'm feeling this way. Not <laughs> hysterics, yeah. not hormones, not because a boy dumped me and I'm feeling. No, it's not that. It's this is what I'm feeling. Do your damn job, doctor. Yeah, I'm attacking the I'm attacking doctors. Yeah. 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 I'm talking yeah, about I, you, doc. <laughs> yeah, I it's I think it's funny that like we we really haven't learned <laughs> as as human as the human race at every stage we've thought that like we understood we understood the human body we understood the world around us we thought we had crap figured out and we know nothing <laughs> and time and time again we were proven <laughs> wrong uh and time and time again we had the same attitude um right. and so it's like but again everyone we we still believe that we we kind of have this attitude that we know everything about the, the human body. Right. And it's like, yes, I have an explanation for what happened to me, but a lot of people don't, but that doesn't mean that there isn't something going on. It's just right. like, we don't understand what's going on yet. It's like in 20, I remember I was watching Dr. House. I was so, such a bad move to watch that show in the middle of all this like he looked like freaking santa claus to me he was handing out diagnoses he was treating people <laughs> and i it was it was such a bad idea but anyway <laughs> in one episode he was talking about how okay this guy can't have this because there's not a lymphatic system in the brain and literally the last month a paper had come out saying we discovered a lymphatic system in the brain and i was like See, this is evidence of this inaction. Um, Things change. We learn. We grow. I, you know, neuro nerds, nerd Joe, Marvel nerd. In Thor, I remember him talking about. He's like, what you call on Earth science and what your ancestors would call magic. I come from a place that's one in, that it's one and the same. Yeah, it's like yeah. If you don't know something, like back in the day, they're like, oh, it's it's magic, it's witchcraft, and mm -hmm. then. You know, when you figure out the science, it's like, oh, it wasn't witchcraft. It was yeah. science, right? Yeah, that still happens today. There's a lot of stuff that we don't know. I know recently, so all science says that nothing should be able to come out of a black hole. Yeah, mm -hmm. maybe a few, several months back, something came out of a black hole. Yep, there goes all of those theories, mm -hmm. right? We're learning as we go. There's nothing really set in stone. Things change. You, this is before you were even born, Abby. Back in the day, eggs were amazing for you you just eat all the eggs and then there was a point i think it was like in the in the early 80s it's like oh no no no, eggs are bad they're gonna they're gonna kill you don't eat a bunch of eggs then now it's like no 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 no. actually eggs are good for you we figure stuff out like it's it's a it, we never stop learning you know um yeah you you did say something you said that you were looking for you know like 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 purpose and you wanted to help and you are doing some amazing things I might add, Abby, would you like to share with the people some of the amazing, awesome things that you're doing? So when I went off to have brain surgery, which was postponed because of COVID, um, I it was fun. Yeah, waited six and a half years for a diagnosis. I get a, get a, a surgery on the books and then um, scheduled in March 2020. We all know what happened in March 2020 <laughs> on my on my birthday. Actually, the world fell apart on my birthday. And so, yeah, so I was like, OK. More people are going to be looking at my social media than usual. They want to know what's going on. I want to use this for good. I, I, maybe I can, you know, do, I can accomplish something with this. And so I started a, a just giving my mom and I for uh, same you. And it, the response was amazing. Our goal was $200 and we ended up raising 3000 And yeah, and um, we kind of, same you got in contact with us we started talking and i ended up becoming an ambassador for same you and something i feel particularly passionate about is same you's belief in a holistic approach to recovery because i after all we are greater than the sum of our parts so we have to we have to treat the whole person not just the brain but the Agreed. the body the brain the mind and so in order to turn survival into truly living, many of us need everything from social and psychological support to vocational support to physical, occupational, speech, and cognitive therapies. Um, plus, I love 
that everything they do is informed by survivors' voices. Um, like they collected over 1,400 stories from survivors from all over the world uh, and analyzed them to figure out what are the most important things that are missing from our recovery journeys and what we truly need. And that report will actually be coming out soon. But they use that information in everything in everything that they do um, to inform everything that they do. Like right now, they're funding a three-year study at Spalding Rehabilitation Hospital Boston, looking into the interplay of physical, psychological, and social challenges that we face. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's they're going where, you know, people haven't gone before, which is exciting. Right. Then there's the project that I have been involved in as of late. Um, you mean the amazing, incredible project that I am very excited <laughs> about that you're involved with? That one? <laughs> yeah. Um, so this goes back to my person, my best friend, my platonic soulmate, Jess Mountfield. Um, she's an animator, features the voices of 33 brain injury survivors from across the world talking about their stories. It is so magnificent and powerful, and I'm really excited for everyone to be able to to see it. It it will come out at the at the start of October. If you want to see it as soon as it comes out, you can go to um, samu.org and uh, go to press the little join us link and enter your information to join SAMU's global community of survivors and caregivers and get get notified as soon as, as soon as that arrives and we're hoping that survivor in this animation survivors will be, will have their experiences reflected and will, will feel truly seen um, and that hopefully it can help motivate normies to show up for the survivors and caregivers in their lives and give them a little taste of what life as us is like. Yeah. So, you know, no, no pressure, Jess. Um, but <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No pressure, Jess. <laughs> just don't mess this up. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it. It's like, it, it's one of those things that, it is that, you know, once in a lifetime, like, wake up and I'm like, how did I get here? <laughs> you know, <laughs> how did all this come to me? Um, it's a blur. It's a blur. Yeah. It's like you have a brain injury. Yeah. You know what? what Imagine that. I, I'm, I'm really excited about this because you mentioned it's several different people. You mm-hmm. know, it's so many different survivor stories. And I'm I'm a big advocate of we have to share our story. We We have to. And I've come across so many people who are like, well, you know, it's not that interesting. No, your story is so interesting. Not only that, there are so many people out there that are going through the exact same thing that you are. They don't know you exist. You don't know they exist because you guys have to share your stories. We have to be able to connect on this level, you know, and I think connection is so important. That's what I I think is so beautiful about this project, you know, and also speaking of connecting. Um, I, I'm going to uh, point out one of my favorite jerk ass friends is uh, Mackenzie. And I remember I connected uh, uh, you and Mackenzie and I think you guys have become like a uh, pretty cool people, right? Yeah. Like it, it, There's a certain connection that we have in our community um, where people are going through. It, it's, it's like-minded individuals. You guys are mm-hmm. both way too young to be going through all of the shit that you have gone through, you know? And it's just nice to know that you guys are out there experiencing this and you don't have to experience it alone you know you have someone else out there that's why i think it's so important that all of us need to communicate to reach out um to to talk about this stuff get a dialogue going and that's just for us in the community outside of the community normies need to hear what we go through they need to know that hey hey hey, (laughs) we we need we don't need everything we need a little bit that's all we need and it's not even a little bit extra it's just a little it's the same energy just slightly different that's that's all it yeah. is and you normies you unless you're a doctor you don't need to understand what it happened or is going on with us physiologically you just need to know what we are going through as a human being and i think a lot of people don't understand that instead no. like they go for they need to hear 
like justification, like there's some insurance, yeah. they're, like they're approving you for insurance. And they're like, okay, is this reason, is what they went through valid? Do they deserve my compassion or my help? And it's like, you just need to listen and believe people. Yeah. <laughs> right. It, mo- most importantly, you just need to respect the other side, mm-hmm. you know? Now, a lot of times, hey, just because you feel that you wouldn't react this way, that's fine for you. It's not happening to you. It's not, you know, like to me, losing a pen, it's like whatever, there's a million pens out there. To someone out there, losing a pen is devastating. It will destroy their world for however long. I don't look at that person as ridiculous. I don't think it's a big deal, but it's not happening to me. No, you know, so I have. With me, it's creamer, 100%. It's just coconut creamer, Joe. It's like, no, no, no. It's it's part of my routine, which is part of the bigger picture. You just have to look at the, the what's happening. You don't have to understand these things. You just have to respect that something is happening to the other side. So just show a little bit of compassion. A tiny bit, tiny bit, guys. A very small bit of compassion and kindness can change lives like it can. We don't need... We don't need you to understand. We just need you to respect that we go through some stuff sometimes. And and that in and of itself, it's so helpful to all of us. Like it it really is. And as, as awful as some people can be, we don't want you to understand what this is like because it's horrific. You know, it's, it's, it's not good. It's really not. We don't need you to understand. We just need you to respect that. Yeah. Like, Hey, that must be hard. That's cool to say. That's there's, cool to say. I think there's this like disconnect where they, they understand that reading a thousand war stories, interviewing a hundred veterans, like they're not going to understand what going through war is like. But somehow they think that they understand what we've gone through and it leads to misunderstandings and yeah. miscommunication and it, relationships falling apart. And it's it's like you don't need to understand. You just you just listen and you just show up. Yeah, and you know what's funny? I don't think we really even understand what's happening to us. No, because it's so. It, what's the best way to put this, Abby? It's fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's so insane. It's it, a mind fuck. <laughs> it really is. It doesn't make any sense, but it doesn't change the fact that it's happening to us. Mm-hmm. We're having trouble figuring out what's happening to us. We can't really explain that to you. And clearly there's no possible way that you would ever really understand, even if we could explain it to you, you know? So just a, a, a little bit of kindness, a little bit of understanding, you know, maybe do a little bit of research. You know, what's a, a good place to start? Go to same you, check out some of these stories, do a little research on your own, just so you know how to maybe connect and talk to people in our community. Look, we're all amazing people. I say that us with brain injuries, like we're, we're the new rock stars say it all the time. Like we're the cool kids, part of the cool kids club. You <laughs> know, um, yeah, just wait till we start the brain injury cult and Abby and I go around hitting normies over the head with metal poles. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. Abby disclaimer. Looking clearly I'm joking because I'm an idiot. <laughs> you know, spoiler alert. I'm not an evil person. I'm just an idiot. <laughs> so like like literally I, I think it's amazing what you're doing abby because uh, again i can't stress this enough you can just sit back and just be angry at life because of when it hit you and how hard it hit you but you've chosen to shift that energy you do it with a sense of humor you do it with a smile on your face not only that you're choosing to help others that are going through what you're going through, not go what you went through. You know what I mean? Like it's, you're like, yeah, I struggled. I don't want anybody else to struggle. So I'm going to do my best to like help out the community. That is just such, that just explains who you are as a person. And that just, I just have such, I'm so impressed by you as a human being. Like I really am like, and I'm always, I'm inspired by your, your, your attitude and your fight. Like it's really beautiful to watch. And I'm so thankful that, that we connected and we, we met I, you know, it's always nice to connect with another brain injury survivor, but like, it's always really cool to become friends. And I think you and I have become friends and I love that. Like it really means the world to me. Um, and at this point we are the neuro nerds over here, Abby, I would like to know, and I kind of know a little bit, yeah. what's your nerd Um, so I was born into my nerd My mom is, wrote, uh, Star Trek books. She, you know, hey! a, yeah, awesome. she, <laughs> she, um, 
saw Star Wars in theaters dozens of times. It's, you know, so it's, it's in my, it's in my blood. Um, I say my most, my biggest lifelong nerdum was Harry Potter. I haven't been so into Harry Potter as of late because of various things that have happened in the universe. <clears throat> Cursed child. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Those, yeah. Anyway. And, um, but I, yeah, you know, we watch Lord of the Rings every Christmas. I, <laughs> you know, I like to refer to our like support teams as our fellowship. I think we all have. Yeah. And, and, we, and wait, who was I? Was I Gimli? I, I think, well, you wanted to be. Um, no. I was I was Pippin or Mary. Yeah, you wanted to be Aomir, but I was like, he's not in the fellowship. Um, and <laughs> I th- I ended up I think I ended up putting you as Gimli, but I think I've changed you to Gandalf because you're kind of like the Gandalf of the brain injury community. I feel like, plus you know you're tall. You hang out with a bunch of like short people. <laughs> I, I do a bunch of pocket sized <laughs> yeah. people. I I've got I've got um you know some of the platinum in yep. my beard. Right. Yep. You I bring Jodoff, Jodoff the platinum. Yeah, you bring people together. Um, yeah, my mom's definitely Sam. Jess is probably Aragorn. Um, and um, I most nerdums. No, not most. I enjoy great storytelling. Um, so yes. <laughs> yes. Also, you mentioned Doctor Who, and I don't know if you know Bill Monroe from Shrokast. Mm-hmm. Biggest Doctor Who fan. Like the biggest. And I remember I was on his uh, podcast and he asked me, he was like, so Joe, what's your doctor? And I went into this whole thing with different doctors. And then I settled on Dr. Strange being my doctor. And immediately after the podcast was over, I was like, I think he was talking about Dr. Who. And I'm not like the biggest Dr. Who guy. So the fact that you were like spitting some Dr. Who stuff, I was like, oh, you and Bill got to talk Dr. Who because I feel like I failed in my nerdum that I couldn't really just impressively speak on doctor who you have a brain injury I, know, I do have a brain injury i know certain things with doctor who yeah just not i don't know lot. marvel like you do it's like we we each have our we each have our passions you were almost perfect abby you were almost perfect <laughs> i feel like the nerd dumps that i'm not into are your main ones star wars 100%, 100%. and marvel L- literally yeah. can you see in the background i've got jango fett hanging out on my wall I literally have Star Wars tattoos. Mm-hmm. I have Marvel tattoos. Like it is, it's, it's, it's life. It's yeah. pretty soon. I might have a, a MCU tattoo on my forehead. I might go crazy, Abby. Who knows? Just <laughs> advertise you're crazy to the world. <laughs> no, no. Have you seen, have you seen me? I advertise my crazy <laughs> just with the look on my face. So. Yeah. A- Abby, I, I gotta tell you, I I'm just constantly I- impressed by you. I'm inspired by you regularly. Honestly, you you really have impressed the absolute fuck out of me. I, I'm so thankful that we connected. I am. And it's at this point in the show that I normally give out our socials. So for Abby, you can reach out to Abby at headstrong.stories on Instagram. Did I get that right? Yes. And you can check out our blog where we interview brain injury survivors and caregivers and providers. Boom. Some amazing stories out there. Some of the greatest people in the world. Some of the most amazing epic stories in the world. You can also check out some of the things that Abby's doing at sameu.org. Impressive. I'm always excited. That's an incredible organization. And it's been put together by the mother of aneurysms, Amelia Clark herself. (laughs) Yes, I dubbed her that. (laughs) You can reach out to the mother of all concussions, my beautiful, tiny ass kicking co-host Lauren at Lauren L. Manzano on Instagram. You can reach out to me at Joso Rocks on all the socials. You can reach out to us, the Neuro Nerds, at I, I always say at everywhere, and Felice is like, no, it's not at everywhere. It's at the Neuro Nerds. Okay, at the Neuro Nerds on all the socials. <laughs> and on this incredible, awesome, Abby, I'm so thankful for you. I am so sad that this is the hand that you were dealt, but I am so proud of every step that you've taken to get to this point. It's honestly, it's inspiring. I adore you. You're an incredible human being. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for being on the podcast. And on that loving, caring, Joe really appreciates Abby. Note, this neuro nerd is out. Nailed it. How was that, Abby? Pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah. I, like, I think I blacked out. I don't know what I was talking about. Honestly. <laughs>
If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please consider leaving us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast app. Your reviews help us grow and reach more listeners like you. Find us by searching for the NeuroNerds on the Apple Podcast app today. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.